What's up? And we are back with another episode of the Academics Podcast. I am your host, Justin D. Barnett. Today's guest is Kyle Douglas Harrison. Kyle is a senior copywriter over at Translation LLC based in New York City. Translation is actually one of my favorite agencies in the world right now, not just because Kyle is my guest today, but because it was founded by someone that has inspired me in the moves that I've made and will continue to make in my career, a man by the name of Steve Stout. Kyle previously worked at an agency that I interned at, and that's where we first crossed paths. So it was cool to catch up with him here on this episode. Here it is, Kyle Douglas Harrison from Translation. Enjoy. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Good to be here. No problem. It's, it's good to reconnect with you for this. I just want to say congratulations on all the progress and success that you've seen um, since we first met back at our old employer a couple of years ago. Like just to watch your journey has, has been uh, super dope. You're super talented. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for your, your success so far. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. It's great seeing what you've been doing too. Thank you. Thank you. So you are currently a senior copywriter. Um, what type of projects do you work on in that role? And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about translation. Sure. Yep. So I'm a senior writer at translation, uh, which is based in Brooklyn. We're all obviously still remote right now, but, or for the most part, but uh, what do I work on? I don't know. I, I, when I was younger, I kind of always thought when you become a senior copywriter, you know, it's going to be so different. It really feels like junior and mid-level just, you know, there's more, more expected of you, I guess you're looking over stuff from juniors and interns, more things like that. But for the most part, it really ends up being the same job. I sit around, I think of ideas when they like those ideas. I think of extensions and scripts and produce everything. Um, so it really ends up being just a more a heavier, the same job as I've always done, just, you know, more and more weight on it. And so at Translation specifically, I'm working mostly on the AT&T team. Mm-hmm. And so we have, we're not the AOR for AT&T, as far as I know, but that's still a BBDO. But we do a lot of work with them, and it's it's growing a lot, which has been really cool, getting to do a lot more of their um, smaller, more more unique stuff, which I think is really great. Uh, so I've been working on a few different, you know, internal things for them, but they're obviously a very big company. They're doing a very big push right now, um, all about equality. So we're working a lot of stuff like that, which has been really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing, pitching a few different things involving stores. Uh, I don't want to say too much, make sure I can't. But uh, so a lot there doing a few projects with uh, Beats by Dre, mm-hmm. which has been really cool because that's a brand I've always loved. Um, worked a little bit on New York Knicks for a while. Um, and there's always just new things that come by every day. We have a great client roster, but we get you know a lot of project-based stuff as well that I've been able to do. So it's been, been a lot of fun. And I've only been there about five months now, but it's been just a ton of opportunity. Yeah, so you just said you've only been there five months, but I know you've been at several shops uh, throughout your your career to this point, so I mean, can you just walk us through um, your career thus far, where you've started uh, up to up to where you are? Sure. Uh, so my, if I go way back, my first, I, I didn't even mean to get into advertising, but we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Uh, my first internship was with uh, Universal McCann, which is a media agency, largely, but they have a great internal creative team, um, and through a pretty weird connection, I managed to get that one. Uh, intern there my sophomore year of, uh, yeah, sophomore summer of college. From there, was able to talk with um, McCann, New York. Intern there, uh, had a pretty interesting way of getting to stay there, but stayed there through my senior year of college, got hired during 
uh, while I was still in school at McCann, New York, largely on the Verizon team, which was pretty, pretty uh, intense, pretty fun one. Stayed there in all, I think about two and a half years, then made the move out West, went to RPA. That's where um, Justin and I met and stayed there. How long was that? Another year and a half, I think, before coming back to back east to translation in March of 2021. Yeah, yeah. You just mentioned that's back at RPA where we met. I remember in our first conversation, um, or one of our first conversations, you told me about your your journey into the creative department and the industry that you had come from, and um, it was really interesting to me. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. I know you you studied economics in college, so you know what was your plan initially? coming into the professional world and how did you end up in advertising? Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to be a wall street guy. That was, that was the plan. Um, and that didn't go like I planned, I think, thankfully for me, but I yeah, went to Baruch college, which is a little uh, public school on 25th street in Manhattan. Um, and there everybody, it's a great school for finance, um, accounting, a lot of marketing, but not so much creative, um, just a very business oriented school. So I went there, just knowing I wanted to do business of sorts. And I got involved with this club uh, called the Investment Management Group. And they managed at the time a quarter million dollar portfolio. Um, so it was a really tough club to get into, but I got into that luckily. And so that was really cool. And I was really, you know, dead set on getting to Wall Street. I was every day up at the banks, um, you know, in Midtown or downtown trying to network and find internships. Uh, my freshman year of college, I interned three days a week unpaid at a little wealth management firm in Philadelphia, um, which is close to where I grew up. And there, I, I think I pretty quickly realized that finance was not for me, but I tried to stick with it, you know, for the next semester or so. Um, but then at the same time, I had started a couple of companies with a friend of mine from, we actually met in remedial math class because I was not very good at math. Uh, and so we started a few e-commerce companies. One was importing leather bags from around the world. One was, um, we worked with a coffee roaster and we built a brand around that. And I, we really just did it. We thought it was fun. We thought it was a good business opportunity. Um, and, you know, obviously in niche companies like that, you need good branding. And so I'd always written, you know, poems and songs and stuff. I liked that, but I never considered branding or anything, any writing as a career. But I was like, oh, let me write for the site. That'll be fun. Um, so I did a bunch of real ridiculous copy that at the time I thought was great. I look back now and I'm like, oh, man. This was, this was a little rough, but sat with that, you know, everybody really seemed to like it. And somebody told me, they're like, you know, this is a job. It's called copywriting. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I looked into it and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. Because at the same time I was getting like fed up with the whole finance scene. It's very just tough to break into. And I truthfully don't think I was actually that good at it. So I think I was just annoyed by that. So I discovered advertising and fully changed my mindset. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I luckily through a connection I met randomly years before um, at a bar, I think it was 2 a.m. on a Thursday um, on 29th Street. Me and a couple of friends just met this group of women and we all started hanging out, just friendly. And being from Baruch, you know, they teach you to network all the time. That's, that's the most important thing. So she mentioned she worked for, I just remember her saying, a marketing firm. And at the time I thought, it was before I'd really discovered I wanted to be in finance. So I was like, oh, let me get your info. You never know what can happen. Uh, years later, when I did realize I wanted to get into advertising, I remembered her and I called her up. And turns out she was uh, not the head, but she was one of the top HR people 
at IPG Media Brands, which is one of the biggest media agencies in the world. And so she luckily got me an interview. And that's ultimately how I ended up interning at UM that one, that one summer. So that was a pretty lucky connection I found. So from there, I really wanted to get into a creative agency. And so I, they were kind of connected with McCann, New York. And so I kind of put all my eggs in that basket, really tried to network as hard as I could there. I had to, you know, build a portfolio. I didn't have anything like that. So I stayed late at the library and taught myself Photoshop at a very, very basic level, but it was able to learn just enough to put together a couple spec campaigns that were really just three print ads that were not very good, but Luckily, you know, I had my few companies that had some writing, so I, that was at the front of my portfolio. And then the interview just luckily went really well. There was a great recruiter there who I think saw some potential in me, um, so that was really nice. And so she hired me for the interview or for the um, internship, which was great. And from there, I kind of was like, "Oh, I'm in. You know, I'm good. I'm in the internship. I'm set." And I pretty quickly realized that was not the case. It's you're put on the teams, and they do the best to give you work, but you know, in this industry, everything's so fast paced, it's much easier for creative to just do the job than teach an intern. Um, so I had some great mentors, but I wasn't able to get too much work. So what I really started to do, I realized I was like, I'm not going to, they're not going to keep me here if I don't, you know, if I don't have work to do. So I started just harassing people pretty much. Do you have any work for me? Do you have any work for me? I'd stand in the, com- or, you know, wait around in the common area with my laptop, listen in kind of eavesdrop, which is pretty creepy to uh, creatives around me. When they're saying like, oh, they're busy, like, oh, I wish we had an intern. And I would pop up and be like, sorry to bother you. I, you know, I'm an intern. Can I help? And yeah. so I ended up getting a few really cool uh, mentors that way. And then from there, I, w- I was still in New York. The internship ended and I really wanted to continue working there during the school year. because so I still had a full, full year's worth of school to get an economics degree. And I had one career director vouch for me. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm just down the street. Can I stay here? And they were like, kind of reluctant. And like, all right, you can stay another month. And this is the story I always love. So I kept coming in for the month and then the month ended and I showed up and I was locked out of my computer because obviously I didn't work there anymore. Yeah. And, but nobody really noticed like uh, the creative management people, nobody said anything to me. So I was like, do I just, what do I do here? So I just showed up, kept going and I ducked my head and actually went to um, IT and I went to them and was like, Hey, I'm locked in my computer. I don't know what the deal is. And they're like, oh, weird. It says you don't work here anymore. I was like, oh, that's strange because I definitely work here. And they're like, all right, we'll fix it for you. And they fixed it. And then I ended up working there another two years because nobody ever noticed that I was, was not supposed to work there anymore. Wow. Um, so that's, that's apologies for the very long <laughs> explanation of the story. But that's how I got into, into doing what I do. Not, I mean, that was, that was a, a great story. And I actually, you said a lot there that I kind of want to step back and kind of unpack. Sure. Um, you know, first off, I, I just love how proactive you were about, um, you know, getting into copywriting because, you know, I, at this point in my career, I've worked with dozens of creatives and met dozens of creatives. And I think of all the copywriters that I've met, you might be the only one who didn't take that traditional route and go into ad school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were self-taught. And for me, originally coming into this industry, um, I, I wanted to be a copywriter, but when I finished um, my my degree, I went to go apply for copywriting jobs and HR people were telling me like, oh no, you have to go to ad school. You know, I, I kept mm-hmm. meeting that, that, that barrier. So to, to, to find out that there is an alternate route, um, you know, that I think that's something that a lot of people need to hear. And, and the fact that you were able to do that, I would love to kind of focus a little bit more on that. Um, sure. 
you know, like what, what advice would you give to the, the, a person who's a student now and is just now, um, you know, figuring out they want to get into copywriting, but they haven't yet, you know, have, they don't have a portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what advice would you give? Sure. So, I mean, the one thing I was, I was very lucky about is that I discovered it early on. Uh, so it was, you know, I didn't go to ad school per se, but I did realize this is what I want to do probably about three semesters into college. So I had several years before I was even going to work full-time anyway, to really figure out what's going on, build up my book. Um, you know, a lot of people I hear they, they finish their degree, they work for a little while, and then they realize this is what they want to do. Um, and I think it's, it is possible for sure. Uh, but it does take time is, is the one thing. And it is confusing and frustrating. I remember, when I was first looking into it, I was trying to just get these freelance jobs. I remember once I, I signed up or I found this through this e-commerce Facebook page, somebody was looking for writers to write on a site. I forget what exactly they sold like stickers in a little shop in South Dakota. And so I was like doing jobs like that, thinking that's what made a portfolio. Uh, and I would see all these people who went to ad schools doing projects with big brands. And I was like, how do they get these jobs? Like, that's amazing. And then I later realized that, that those were not real and those were fake. That took me probably a year to discover. So that, that was, that could have saved me a lot of time. Um, what advice? I mean, I, I think the advice is just be patient. It's, it takes time. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be a lot of looking at other people's books and be like, man, how did they do that? How do they do that? Why doesn't mine look like that? And then over time, one day you you, you look at your book again, you're like, oh, wait, this is actually pretty good. Um, so it's it's not the best advice, I guess, but be patient. Is all yeah, no, say. it's actually great advice. It's actually great mm-hmm. advice. So now that you've made it up to that senior level, um, mm-hmm. you know, what do you look for when you're when you're interviewing a candidate for like an entry level role? Let's say you're looking for an intern or let's say you're looking for a junior um, if you've been in that situation, like what are the qualities that you feel um, c- can kind of help someone land their, 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 get their foot in the door? Sure. I mean, I looked, I guess I might have a different view on it because I didn't do ad school and that stuff, but I look for people. I really want to see somebody who is proactive and has thought outside the box. Cause I think that's what a really important thing is with any creative job. Um, so, you know, that's not to knock people who did go to ad school, but I want to see, have, have you done something outside of school? Have you built something real? Have you built something that isn't just prescribed to you from a brief or something? Can you make your own brief and make something great out of it? And maybe not even in advertising. Like I remember you showed me when we first met all your music. Am I allowed to mention that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you were, because you once talked about, it, you don't talk about it too much anymore, but I remember seeing that um, your music. And I thought that's something I would be way more interested in than, any, you know, spec project you might've done. Um, I talked with this, this girl recently who was trying to get into uh, advertising, into copywriting. And she's been a pretty successful pop musician on her own with a ton of followers and um, written some really great music. And I was like that alone. I would, if it was up to me, I would hire you. That's awesome. Because you've, you've shown you've created something people like outside of, you know, outside of advertising. Because at the end of the day, you know, Unfortunately, most people don't really care about ads besides ad people. Uh, so if I've seen you can really create something that isn't an ad that people like, then I, I, I would believe you're, you're very more than capable of creating an ad that can be great too. I've, I've seen, as we mentioned earlier, I've seen your progression firsthand. And I've also seen in other people, you know, 
they they don't they don't last in this industry. A lot of people fizzle out very quickly. And I'm wondering, like, what are the traits that that you feel you have or that you see in in others that that put you on track to steadily progress um, the way that you have in your career mm-hmm. promotion wise? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just comes down to kind of what I talked about before: being proactive and not getting complacent. Because uh, I think a lot of people, you know, they might wait for the brief to come around and, you know, there are definitely times in, in being a copywriter or any creative where you're not getting the opportunity to do great work for a while. It could be months before you see something really great or get something produced. Um, and I think when that happens, you need to sort of take it in your own hands, whether that's, you know, think of, all right, what's, what would be a good brief or what would be a good idea for my client and pitch that to your CDs or what's a cool project I could do outside of work that'll gain some, some press or do some good for the world. Um, and, you know, that's how you, one, you keep yourself fulfilled creatively. You don't get bored because you need, you know, any good creative is going to want to stay, stay stimulated. Uh, but two, it just shows people, shows employers, like, look, I'm, I can do good work even when the opportunities aren't, aren't there. I'm capable of bringing this stuff to life without being told to. Yeah. So I am a big advocate for like creative freedom, you know, mm-hmm. pursuing whatever it is that, that makes you happy, even if it's outside of work. You know, that was the context of our first conversation. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, you have a career outside of copywriting or a couple of careers or, you know, side gigs outside of copywriting. Uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about that and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Calling a, well, calling this one would be a career would be a bit of a stretch, but um, I do put a lot of emphasis on music. Um and I'm, you know, I've been a musician a long time, and I really, in the last few years, started doubling or buckling down and focusing on songwriting. Um, and so I'm a folk musician, so I like doing folk songs and things like that. And I've done a few albums, just recorded on my own, um, learned a bunch of different instruments, just because I thought it'd be fun. Uh, and so that's something I think that really keeps me is the thing I love the most. You know, we all have what I love about translation. They have this thing. Or this idea, everybody in the company has what they call a major and a minor. So your major is what you do for the company. So mine's copywriting. What's your minor? What's the thing that you that you really love? Um, and so that for me is is songwriting. And so that's they put a lot of emphasis on that, which is great because I think you know we shouldn't kid ourselves here. Most people's ultimate dream job isn't advertising. If you're a writer, it's oftentimes you know to write scripts or write music or write books or write whatever. Um, or be an astronaut. Maybe it's not a writer. I don't know. But, but I think having that thing outside, one, is just great because it's fun. Two, it keeps you motivated at work because you're like, all right, I'm getting to do what I love outside of work. Let me do my best now at work as well. Um, so that's, that's why I think music is so great. You know, it's such something I love so much. It, it, it's a lot of overlap, but it also just keeps me creative all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you also have a side project that you do called on this corner, New York city. Um, for those that don't know, can you please explain what that is and kind of what inspired you to do that? Sure. Yeah. So that's, that's one I, I love a lot. And that's something I'm proud of that started with the, you know, I'm sure it happens in every city, but New York, especially uh, because there's so much emotion tied to all of it. Uh, one day I was just walking on, you know, a corner I'd always walk by Lafayette and bleaker. And there was a memory I was associated with it. Oh, this is where I met this person. And I was like, and I think do that all the time past a certain corner. You're like, oh yeah, this is where this happened. And I was like, dang, that's such a cool thing that probably we all share. Like 
wouldn't it be cool to document these things and talk, you know, have, have everybody share their stories associated with certain corners. And so uh, it happened right kind of on the spot. And I was glad I didn't have to, I didn't work with it too much, really just the idea. So we, we decided the idea, like, man, this is, this is really cool. I bet so many people have this. Why can't we share stories like this from all New Yorkers? So I created this Instagram account at On This Corner. And what we do is take anonymous submissions online. And all it says is tell us um, a story that happened to you and tell us the corner it happened on. And we try to take as many of those with these big, bright yellow stickers that all it does is simply hashtag On This Corner and then tell us a story what happened. And we go put it up on the corners where the stories happened. Um, we share it all on Instagram and luckily it's been pretty great. We've gotten a lot of kind of pretty decent following, just people really liking the project, which is cool. Um, and it just feels nice because we get to be, you know, a, a part of the city we all love. Uh, what was pretty cool is I had a friend tell me that he was at a comedy show in New York and the comedian, I don't think he remembered the name because he never told me, but the comedian actually has a bit involving our project. And I thought that was really cool. The fact that uh, it's become a part of New York enough to where people who live here are starting to talk about it and, and even make jokes about it and stuff like that. So that was a pretty nice thing to happen. I love that. I, I love that you're thinking outside the box and pursuing things that are just, you know, creative projects that you just want to do. You know, a lot of people think about it, but don't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, another reason why I love it is, you know, I'm the same way. I, I have a lot of side projects and do different things. And those things are actually have been the most, you know, helpful and pivotal things that have helped me in my advertising career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the interview process, it's always my side projects that that spark interest. And, you know, those are what have got me to where I am. So I'm sure you can, you know, ag- agree with that um, in a sense of that that quality, uh, you know, being looked at a certain way by recruiters and hiring managers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I'm the same way. And I've and you are definitely the same way. I've always admired that. Um, and I think it's that's like I said, that's what I want to see out of people. And I think that's definitely what's helped me the most. Um, cause on this corner is one I've done, but I've done a few others that have been, um, even if they didn't get a lot of press it was just fun for me to do, kept me creative and usually trying to solve some sort of issue, do some good, you know, at least for a couple people. So, yeah. um, it's just, yeah, I think it's great to see people who have passions. They want to do. Like you said, a lot of people say, I would, I'd love to be able to do that one day. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, not always as hard as you think it's going to be, put it that way. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever the thing is you want to do, it's probably easier than you think it's going to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you have actually had the unique experience of working in starting your career in New York City, which is like the advertising mecca and mm-hmm. coming to L.A., which is like, you know, on the come up. A lot of attention is on L.A. advertising now. Um, and now you're back in New York. So my question is, you know, in your opinion, how does the New York ad scene differ from the L.A. ad scene? Mm-hmm. Um. How do they differ? So I don't know if it's necessarily the agencies I worked for specifically, or if it's representative of the whole scene, but from what I hear as well, and my experience, everything just seems everything about the West coast in general, actually, but specifically in the ad industry, everything seems just like a notch or two less intense. Um, you know, the, even the deadlines seem a little bit, not as crazy. The work hours are not as crazy. Um, but then I think on the, Flip side that, you know, I didn't love as much was, I think the sense of community with among, you know, fellow employees was not there as much for me. I found, you know, in, in New York, it was a lot of late hours and it was a lot of, you know, dealing with 
stuff we didn't want to, but that it felt like made me closer with my, you know, with my employees around me. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's where I was. Maybe that's even just the, the whole culture of the city, you know, in New York, everybody can hang out after work because you take the train home in LA. You can't really, cause everybody has to drive, you know, an hour home or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So it just, but it did just feel a little, everything was just chiller. Um, and maybe that's the city, maybe that's the industry, but that was my experience. Okay, definitely. Um, so you, you have a number of accolades and awards listed on your website. Uh, I'm wondering if you have like a favorite piece of work that you've done um, in your career thus far, advertising-wise. Sure. I, I'll give you two answers there because I think the thing I'm most proud of that was, it, I wasn't, well, maybe it ended up being an ad, but it was a short film I worked on over the pandemic. Um, that just started when, you know, right, right when they, in the heat of the pandemic, about April, 2020, everybody was just stuck at, stuck at home, you know, especially New Yorkers. And I had my, my old work partner, Ezekiel, he was in his apartment in Brooklyn and he was talking about like, you know, how much it sucks just being isolated uh, by yourself here. And, you know, there's a lot of mental health aspects that people all across the country were dealing with. And he's like, what if we could do, you know, some kind of short film to really talk about this and try to, remind people that yes, this is tough being alone, but think about all the time you have to really, you know, love yourself and get to know yourself and do the thing you always wanted to do. And so we thought that could be interesting. And when we wanted to do something good to just all the work stopped at, at, you know, at our job. So there was only, we, everybody's dying to be creative and there's not much going on at work. So we really just wanted to do something. So we had this idea, we put together this script that we thought was pretty cool, sort of like a poem to yourself almost. And one thing led to another. We, we were going to make it ourselves. We ended up getting a great director, Ezra Hurwitz, involved. And he just really helped us bring it to life. And we got a production company involved. We ended up, I was up actually going to do the score for it. And I built one that I thought was pretty cool. And then Ezra somehow knew uh, Sufjan Stevens. So he ousted me on the score. And I thought that was fair. But so he created a great score for us. Um, the icing of the cake was we got Sarah Jessica Parker as our narrator, which was really great. Um, and in all the process, we teamed up with NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. And they, you know, wanted us to, they kind of wanted to sponsor our film. We're like, no, this should be, you know, to promote you guys. You guys do great work. Um, so that was really cool. And we, we got to work with them and just do this really nice piece about trying to love yourself and think about the positive side of the isolation we were all enduring. Um, and it was really great. It did, you know, pick up some press and awards, which was nice. But the really great thing was seeing all the comments of just people saying, you know, I've been alone for, you know, months now. And this this was so great to see, um, you know, really made me feel less alone. So thank you for that. And I was like, that's that's definitely the coolest thing. because That's not something we hear often advertising. So I definitely say that's my favorite piece I've worked on in general. Um, and that was with a lot of ad folks, but not technically an ad. So the other one I'll say is. At McCann, we did a project called Love Calls Back for Verizon. And that came from the insight that a lot of um, parents of LGBTQ plus kids, you know, at, when, they, when their kids first come out, they get angry and they push them away and it ends up causing this awful relationship between the two. But what we did find is that so many parents, you know, whether it's right after or years later, really come to regret it and want to apologize and do it over, but don't know how. And so we kind of had this idea. With Verizon, all it takes is a phone call. One phone call to say, I'm sorry, do the process over again. 
could really make a world of difference. So we actually found four different situations of this, uh, whether it was a mother and child, father and child, or a brother was one of um, the relationships we used. And we pretty much, we went in and interviewed them both and then had the parent or uh, sibling, whoever it was that didn't handle it well the first time, come back and apologize and really, you know, just do, do the process over again. And so I was really in the room when all this stuff happened and it was one of the craziest experiences, just super powerful, super emotional. And all of them went great, which was the nicest thing. All the uh, relationships were mended um, and just we got updates from them months later and they were all still very happy and super thankful for the project. So that was a really amazing thing to be a part of, to just feel or to be there when a brand can actually do something great for somebody. Um, so that one, that's another one that I've just always been really happy to have been a part of. Super dope. Super dope. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love just the versatility in your portfolio from music to ads and, you know, all the different formats of ads and, and writing scripts, movies and stuff like amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so if, if you could, let's say you had a chance to go back in time and, and talk to your, your younger self, let's say your college self when you were a freshman studying economics, mm -hmm. you know, what, what advice would you give yourself knowing all that you know now? if you were to talk to your younger self? Uh, so when I was, when I was, especially when I was trying to get to wall street, that's such a high intensity industry, but advertising is, is right up there with it, um, with the com com competition of it all for getting jobs. And I was always so, even at 18, I was stressed like, Oh no, am I going to get a job? Like, what am I going to do? I want to, not that I'm going to get a job. Am I, when it was finance, it was like, am I going to work at the best bank? I don't want to work at a little one. I want to work at, Goldman Sachs. And then when it became advertising, it was like, I don't want to work at a little agency. I want to be at Wyden. I want to be at McCann. I want to be at wherever. So I was always very just held high standards for myself. Um, and so that led to a lot of stress. And I think the advice I'd give is you don't have to stress provided you keep working hard. And, you know, and it's not to say don't stress it all, figure itself out. Like, of course, there's hard work involved, but keep up the hard work and it's going to work out you know, it might not be as soon as you want or it might not be exactly as you planned, but it will work out and it will be, you know, probably even better than you expect. I love that. Love that. I can totally agree. And I would probably tell myself something very similar. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, coming from a, a, a business background, like a marketing background, when you think about your personal brand, you want to be associated with the, the, the biggest names in the industry. So like you said, the widens and stuff, you like that, that was also my goal coming in mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, that you do kind of set yourself up for some type of expectation that that's not necessarily always a reality. The big shots mm -hmm. are not always what they what you think they are. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times for people starting off in their career, I always tell people, like, don't you don't have to have your eyes set on on the huge agency. Sometimes it's better to start small and, yeah. and perfect your craft, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, as I was saying, I'd, um, you know, it's important to hold high standard for yourself, but don't get locked into a box, you know, thinking I, I'm only going to go to McCann, BBDO, Gold, uh, not Golden, uh, different industry, Widen, any of those, you know, there are, or even a lot of people say, I only want to do agency writing. There's a lot of other stuff out there. Mm -hmm. um, granted, I, maybe that's super critical of me because I have stayed in this, but it's, there's a lot more jobs out there than, than you think, you know, when you're first getting into it. Yeah, exactly. It's very versatile, which is why we have things like the Academics Podcast to help you guys navigate. Yeah, absolutely. No, this um, is great. I did want to say that's it's 
one, super admirable, but two, just super awesome to see you, but anybody doing stuff like this, trying to help students. Cause like I said, it was so confusing getting into it. It was, I didn't know the first thing and it took me forever to really figure it out. So something yeah. streamlined like this is, is super dope. So that's yeah. awesome that you're doing it. Yeah. Thank you. So for listeners that might wish to get in touch with you um, and reach out to you for some advice or just to say hello, keep in touch. Um, how can they do that? Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Kyle Douglas Harrison. I had to put my full name because there's a famous lacrosse player, Kyle Harrison. So personal branding, <laughs> differentiate yourself. Um, there or my, you can find my uh, portfolio, kyledouglasharrison.com. Um, and I really encourage everybody to please reach out. I'd love to help. I've had a few people reach out to me and I wanted to make an extra effort to really just help as much as I can because I know how much that would have helped when I was first getting in. So please do reach out with any questions. Always happy to help um, in whatever way I can. Kyle Douglas Harrison, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. No problem. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.